This episode is brought to you by the Rakuten app. It has been getting a serious workout on my phone, and as much as you guys know, I love to shop and save money all at the same time. You can earn cash back from everything you purchase. I'm already working on my holiday gift list because if you don't know, if I don't get it done now, it won't happen at all. I got a lot of stuff for myself, a few gifts from my friends already, and I got my eye on a few things from Mommy Dearest, but because she listens to the podcast, I am not telling you guys what. Ragaton is the smartest, most rewarding way to shop and save. You can earn cash back at over 3,500 stores. Membership is free and it's super easy to sign up. If I can do it, I promise you can definitely do it too. And since you're shopping anyway, why not earn cash back in the process? Rakuten deposits your cash back right into your PayPal, and if you don't have PayPal, they'll just send you a check in the mail. You can shop from a computer or through the Rakuten mobile app to find all the best deals and watch your cash back account start to grow. So visit Rakuten.com or download the mobile app to earn cash back while you shop at thousands of stores. Start saving today. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to the Doing It Best with the Rest podcast. My guest today is a beauty blogger, celeb ghostwriter, digital digital marketer, and a grief advocate. She has worked with numerous companies such as Lancome, Express, Degree Women, CoverGirl, just to name a few. And she is also a fellow podcaster as well, with a little too much with Jamie Stone streaming everywhere you can get your podcast. Please welcome to the show, Jamie Stone. That was a mouthful. I'm so sorry. No, I know. <laughs> honestly, my my bio is a mouthful. You did a great job. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just like, what should I, should I let me put this little sprinkle that, little sprinkle that? I know. It's, it's a lot. I, my mom still has no idea what I do. So it's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so tell me, I was... Obviously, I love you. I sent into DMs. I'm like, hey, I gotta get you on the on the show. But first, what made you get into just the blogging and the beauty industry, et cetera, et cetera? So I backing it up a little bit, I started out um doing traditional beauty PR for some big skincare brands like Neutrogena, Clean and Clear, Vino. I was working for the agency at the time. He's in New York City. That's where I started my career. And I was tasked very luckily with like outreaching to blogs when they first became a thing. Like all the clients I was working with were like, there's this new thing, like it's called a blog, like figure it out. And (laughs) so I just started doing research and I was like, this is actually really cool. And I had always really loved writing. um, And I at one point did also want a career um, as like a beauty or fashion writer for a magazine. It just never came to fruition. And so I thought this, this is like such a great, like outlet for me to do kind of on the side for fun. And so I started my blog, honestlyjamie.com in 2006. Um, and it's, yeah, it's that ever since that's been going on. Yeah. You're killing the game, babe. I see you out there. I see you <laughs> everywhere and just doing it. And so I was excited to talk to you, especially about branding. Cause you have mm-hmm. such a brand, you've built your brand, you've built the podcast. Like what, what did it take? What did the I guess the trials and tribulations to build a little too much and just everything in general. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's not easy. And I think especially because this world that we're in is like just ever evolving and changing and the way that things were done in 2006 or even 2015, it's like completely different in 2022. So I mean, I think um, what I've just always sort of done is just adapt and observe I, I feel like I'm a really good, I'm, I'm an observant person. I just, I take information in and I process it. I think maybe not better than other people, but just, I, I've always kind of thought that that was sort of like my knack. Um, and so I've just sort of over the years been like, this is what I want to accomplish. This is sort of the vision that I have and kind of went from there, if that makes sense. 
yeah it's just because like i don't know i've i'm seeing you out there killing it and just like building a brand like i'm trying to build this podcast building the brand the podcast like slapping your name on something and then getting it out there i think honestly the biggest thing i think to be a social media is your biggest best friend in this if i'm wrong like i don't know if you agree with me or not it's really hard because i mean I, you know, and you're, I'm like taking all these compliments in. It's like so nice to hear this. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Cause we're always like our own worst enemy. Like I wake right. up one day, I'm like, Oh God, I suck. Everything I do sucks. And then you're saying such nice things. I feel like that's like a really good lesson for everybody listening. It's like <laughs> when you're having a rough day, other people are not seeing that same thing. Um, you know, I think, yeah, I, like I, I do, I mean, I'm a micro influencer. I have like 20, uh, I think it's like 28,000 ish on Instagram. And that's my biggest platform. But I mean, that's relatively small in comparison to a lot of people. And I'm not, I'd be lying if I said it's it's easy. It's really not. Like I, especially I've said this before on my podcast, like I felt like during COVID, I was like, oh, I'm going to get all these like new downloads, new subscribers. And it like kind of stayed flat. <laughs> like I'm yeah, like, I what are you it. guys doing? You should be downloading <laughs> my podcast. Hello, yeah, we're all during quarantine. Like, what are you doing? But you know, it's, it's all a lesson learned. I mean, I think like, yes, my, my Instagram following is helpful, um, with spreading the word and like getting listeners. But at the end of the day, like it, it's still an uphill battle. And I, I get very frustrated with it. A lot of the times I really do. I'm like, why am I not seeing more growth? I'm just, you know, I wish there was an answer. It's just, I think that the point is that you just always have to try your best and try new things. Like at one point I actually did, um, I hired a podcast publicist. They which have those? I need one. They do, they do. Well, <laughs> I'm not when I tell you, I mean, listen, it didn't really do much for me if I'm being really honest, like, cause I always said, okay, well, like I've sort of tapped fully my, my own audience. So now I need to get, but like somebody else's audience. And I was like, if I go on more podcasts, then I'm getting new listeners that way. And sure. I'm sure like I got a couple dozen new listeners here and there, people subscribed, downloaded, whatever. But overall I didn't see a huge jump um, in downloads from that spend. And I mean, it was, it was like, I think like $4,000, which like, that's, I mean, a lot of money. And like, (laughs) I, you know, I don't really make much off my podcast. So it's like, it was an investment for me and I don't regret it. Cause I was like, you know, I tried something different and new. And I also got connected to a lot of other cool podcasters. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. The connections, it's all that counts pretty much. Absolutely. Yeah. It was cool to just like have these great conversations with like other men and women who just like get it. But, um, you know, my goal really was to get more followers and more subscribers. And like that didn't really happen from it. So just got to try new things. I mean, I, I think I'd be hesitant to spend that much again because it really, I mean, $4,000 is like so much money. Like three <laughs> car payments and a house yeah. payment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's a lot. Um, but like I said, you know, it was, it was good for me to test it out and just kind of see. Yeah, that's good. And speaking of podcasts, what made you start a little too much? Well, so kind of similarly to how I started my blog, like I became kind of like a a reader or listener myself. So I started listening to podcasts and I was like, this is really cool. And I have been told before that I'm a great interviewer and I know that I have like all these connections from the industry from, you know, being past decade plus. And I was like, I feel like I have an opportunity to have these really great, inspiring conversations um, with, you know, mostly women, some men um, that have interesting things to say. So yeah. I was like, why not try it? You know? Yeah. I love that. And I, yeah, it's great. I, honestly. And I, so talk to me about like, what was it like working with such big companies? Did you have like any highlights of like working with like specific brands or did you meet like specific like celebrities that, wow, like I, I like this person, like be my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, so I've, I've done, I worked with really big brands and had these great opportunities on two kind of two 
from my PR experience, my marketing experience, and then also from my blog experience. So I've been kind of like double lucky to have both sides of that. Um, I mean, off the top of my head, some highlights, I would say like, Julianne Hough is just like such a delight to work with. (laughs) She's really, really cool. She's very sweet. And like, I actually worked with her um, at two companies because she was, she had a brand partnership with Proactive for many years. She might even still have it. I'm not sure. And then my next job after Proactive um, was at Soul Society and she had a deal with them too. So I, I got to work with her at two companies and like her and her team are just like so sweet and so easy to work with and just like a delight. Um, so that was really cool. I mean, being in photo shoots with like Justin Bieber and Naya Rivera, RIP, oh, like yes. she was amazing, like just so professional. And um, I mean, Justin was a little kid at the time. So like that was kind of fun because <laughs> he was like kind of up up and coming at that point. Oh, gosh, I remember um, those times when he was just up and coming. 2009, <laughs> Lord Jesus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. It's like up and coming in quotes, I guess. I'm like, I mean, he's obviously very famous, but like not like he is today. Right. Um. From a blogger perspective, I mean, I've I've gotten to do so many cool things. Like I've gone to like the Miraval Ranch, which is like one of Oprah's favorite places. Like I went on a press trip there. Uh, I went to Vancouver to go to the skincare um, convention, which may sound stupid to other people, but like I love skincare. I'm a skincare junkie. Heaven, yes, yes. I know, like all these like dermatologists and doctors just talking about scientific stuff. I'm like, oh, I love this, and you know, just really cool things that I probably wouldn't have done otherwise. Okay, I love that. I love that. honestly. And speaking of skincare, I see you out there with the TikToks and doing this and doing that. Like, what? Uh, how do I? My brain is like scrambled today. I'm just like, <laughs> what should I say? No, um, no. But to TikTok, you're doing skincare and all that. What is your biggest like product that you've like your favorite? Like, let me go into Jamie's uh, counter right now and see what's her number one thing she's been using. Because I see you doing like the tips and all that, et cetera, et cetera. Like, tell me about that. Yeah, um, it's hard to pick one favorite, but I would say like this week, maybe my favorite. Um, Let's see. Well, I just started using a few weeks ago the uh, the Sunday Riley. It's the I think it's called CEO. God, I'm blanking on the name now. It's it's their vitamin C moisturizer. I'd used the oil for a while and like absolutely. I mean, I love all their products, but I like the oil a lot. But I I just unearthed. I mean, they had sent it to me forever ago, and I like pulled it out of a drawer, and I was like oh, I have this vitamin C moisturizer. And it's like thick and creamy, but like you still feel like it's like working. And yeah. it's, I, yeah, it's my latest favorite. I think especially as it gets colder in most parts of the country, not here, but in most parts <laughs> of the country, like you want like a like a heavier moisturizer. And this one is really good. Yeah, because like I, I love dabbling into like a bunch of skincare brands, like especially I'm such a, uh, I love the when celebrities drop their skincare. I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna go buy the latest Kylie skin <laughs> or whatever, whatever. Is there like a certain like celebrity driven brand that you like? Because I oh, can name a, a lot. Yeah, no, and it's so funny because I feel like the celebrity beauty brand conversation is an interesting one because yes. my it, there's just too many of them. Not every celebrity. Sorry, Jared Leto. Okay, <laughs> we we don't need your skincare. Like we just don't. I I think it makes sense if there's somebody who is like somehow equate like Gwen Stefani like the fact that she only recently came up with a makeup line I'm like girl like this should have happened like 15 years ago you you think of Gwen Stefani you think of like the bold bright like red lip like yeah that makes sense she should have a beauty brand right but like Jared Leto Brad Pitt like honestly like stop like it's it's just I I can't but um I would say a a favorite of mine is Rare Beauty Selena's products are so so good 
Yes, I've tried when she, she dropped her line the first, I guess the first month I tried out the, gosh, I think it was like some sort of gloss, chapstick, mm. whatever. It was great. 1010, highly recommend. Highly yeah. recommend. For all her stuff, is it's all very well thought out, which I think now if you're going to launch a brand, but especially beauty, you need to have products that stand out in the market. You can't just launch a lipstick or a plain moisturizer. Like there has to be something unique about it that like makes it different. Yeah, right. Especially like also like the packaging. I'm a whore for a good package. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, if this pump's great, I am 10 10 in for this. Yeah. I'm spending all all my money. Her stuff is designed specifically so that people with um with disabilities can also use it. Yeah. So like it's like if they have if you know if you have issues like maybe opening jars, dude, you know, I I think she's dealt with some stuff. I don't want to say the wrong thing, but I know she's had issues before with like autoimmune, I believe. And so she designed it so that you can like open it a certain way where it doesn't like put stress on your hands and all of that. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Anyway, I love that. Love that. Thank you. I didn't <laughs> something new I learned today. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, I wish I could remember the specific names that she said, but I, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't remember. So you launched a, or a, a, a planner slash yes. journal. Tell me like what made you do that? Cause that's so exciting. Gosh. I, love I know. That. I think some people are like so random, but like I, <laughs> I have always really loved, planners. Like I had one all through high school, middle school, college. Like I even actually still have my one from college. I should take a picture and post it on Instagram. I think it'd be funny, but um, yeah, I, I do use my iPhone calendar, but there's something about writing things down um, that I just really enjoy doing. And it keeps me very organized. And so over the years I had tried, I mean, dozens and dozens of different planners and all the things, and none of them were exactly what I thought. I needed. And some of them even made me feel a little bit bad about myself. Cause I'm like, you know, especially the ones where it's like, okay, at the end of, at the start of every month, you have to set six goals and you have to check it. It's like, this is a lot. Like I'm just Babe, trying to make no. it through the day, you know, <laughs> like we're taking it one day at a time over here. I'm not in the program, but like, I think that that is like the best model, especially like post COVID where it's like, we're just trying to live and like survive right. this shit. And like, I can't be like going back every month or every six months or every three months and being like, look at all the things I did not accomplish. It's going <laughs> to make me feel like shit. So my planner is structured where it's, it's really weekly. Everything is weekly based and daily based. So you're not going back six weeks and being like, fuck, I didn't do any of this. Um, and you know, there, you have like your daily check-ins where you do, you know, your gratitude list. Um, you can write down your self-care and exercise. If you want to track your meals, you can, you don't have to. I like writing down my meals just so I can kind of like, or like planning them that way. It helps me stay organized. Um, your schedule and then like your top six things you want to do. And then at the end of every week, there's a running to-do list, which I think people have really seemed to like this part the most because they're like, yeah, you know, that way I don't have to feel bad. If there's something I didn't finish at the end of the week, I just put it on this list and I move it to the next week. And that way it's not like forgotten. Right. Okay. Nice. I like, I have so I have one planner that's like a fill in the dates and like a self and like, I look back at this. I'm like, damn, that was horrible. What I did today. <laughs> um, so I got to talk to you. Bravo. You're obviously a watcher, right? Oh yeah. Uh, R-H-O-B-H. Real House of Beverly Hills. Tell me. Yes, you're, yes. Tell me, tell me everything. What's well, your opinion? Part three. Yeah. I mean, I think it's funny. I did an episode on this with my friend, Dan Rolf. He can, Ralph, he considers himself uh, a real housewives historian, which is like the best thing ever. But <laughs> we, yeah, like if you want to hear the full review, go to that episode. But I mean, I just think um, this is probably an unpopular opinion, but that's okay. Cause I have those a lot. Um, I'm team Rinna. Tell I me, just, I want your, your, I, I think 
I think that Kathy Hilton absolutely said everything that Erica and Rena are saying that she said. It's it sort of just makes sense to me. Um, and for someone to like, it's a, that's a, why would anybody do that? Like, right. it just doesn't really make any sense. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I think. I mean, maybe some of it was a little bit exaggerated. You don't know, you know, things kind of fall differently at different ears. But I, I definitely am. I don't think Rena is lying. I don't. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That whole situation over there, I'm just like, it's very like, I'm very 50-50 on it. So I can't really like, I don't know. It's hard to explain before like, like, but Garcelle, speaking of, oh, my angel, my heart and soul. The day <laughs> I'd meet that lady, I'd be like, I love you. Just like, you don't know me, but I love you. And just like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a psycho. I promise. I just love you. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been seeing the feeds for like uh, Real Housewives of Orange County coming up? No, I actually don't watch that one. Well, stop, you don't. I know. I, I think I like tried to watch it at one point. And I just wasn't, maybe I just watched a weird episode. I was like, I don't want to watch these ladies. They all seem fucking too much. It was just, yeah. <laughs> Wait, I, so, I watch New York, New Jersey, okay. and Beverly Hills. Oh, and Salt Lake City. Oh my gosh, Salt Lake City. Can we, can we just, let me, let me, let me go to let you go off because you're the guest technically. So I can't go, you go off on that. Let me tell, <laughs> tell me your tangent about that right now. Well, so, I mean, it's great. It's great. Yeah. I, I do still think it's weird that, like, really none of them are friends. And I've talked about that before in my podcast, oh, too. I'm like, I think, yeah, like, they're not, and they never were. It's not like, oh, they started out as friends and the show kind of, like, divided them. Like, none of them really were friends. They just kind of found these women who, like, socially knew each other. <laughs> um, where, you know, it, as we've seen with New York, it doesn't really work t- usually when that happens and they just, like, plot people in. But it has somehow worked, I think, because of Jen Shaw, to be perfectly honest. Like, she is the reason I think people are so intrigued by that whole yeah. situation. And Mary Cosby was also like a fucking lunatic. So <laughs> that was, <That's>, I mean. <laughs> I'll say, before, let me, before I let you get back to what you're saying, the video where Whitney's walking away, they're in it's season two, they're on a trip, forgot where it's at. And she's like, she looks at her as she's walking. She's like, oh, women. I'm just like, that was such, that's such an iconic, like, scene of the whole show. I'm like, yeah, I, I have a hard time understanding why people like Mary Cosby and Jen Shaw go on reality television, because especially in 2020, when they started, right? It's like, at this point, I mean, you've seen what happens. Yes. You're put under a microscope. I think Teresa Judice is like, probably the best example of that. Like, would they ever have gotten caught if they weren't on TV? Maybe not. I mean, I, you know, I, I think that they just get put under a microscope. People start noticing things. The people who work for the IRS watch these shows and it's sort of a way for them to like red flag things. Oh, Teresa walking into a furniture store paying $100,000 in cash. Huh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and the poor thing, bless her heart. She had no fucking idea that that was like a red flag. But I, you know, in the case of like Jen Shaw or even Mary, you know, you know you're doing illegal stuff. You you know you're doing things. If it's not illegal, it's morally sketchy at best. And it's like, why are you putting yourself out there to be to take to take that? I mean, with Jen Shaw, I do believe that they had actually been working on that case um, before she was even on the show. So she probably still would have been caught at some point. But I don't know. I I, I just I'm very confused. Yeah, I remember when the news broke about Jen's case. It. Um, I was like in the middle of a parking lot and I was reading that. I'm like, holy shit. And the camera is catching this. This is gold. I love this. It is reality gold. I mean, they couldn't have 
paid for a better person to be on that show, to be perfectly honest. You know, and then the, the news came out, I saw that like, she was disinvited from BravoCon, which I mean, I get, you know, and I actually talked about that on my last episode, uh, which about this, which aired before um, she actually, like, but, you know, I think she had pled guilty, but we talked about on the episode, I was like, you know, does this mean now that she's pled guilty, does this mean that she's going to get kicked off? Because now technically, if you're pleading guilty, you're, you're admitting to being a criminal. And I wasn't really sure what Bravo's take was going to be on that. And now we see their take is you're, yeah. you're off. And yeah. I, I get it. I get it. I mean, maybe after she does her time, because then she's put in her, you know, she's done her time and she's paid her penance. And that's a different story. But I don't think that criminals should be rewarded by being allowed to be on TV. No, definitely. I definitely agree with you on that. I, I, that's if the show's still around by the time she gets down. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, to be honest, I don't know how long Housewives are going to go on for how much longer because they've been going on for over 15 plus years since well, 2006, yeah, I think seven. Why we've seen the New York thing happen is like that was, I was, I think it was the second franchise, if I'm speaking correctly. Um, and yeah, I mean, it just became not so fun to watch Ramona say inappropriate things and like fumble her, you know? So I'm excited for this, for this new round of women who are, you know, all around my age and just seem, I think it's going to be a new take. And I feel like that's probably, if this works, that's probably the model they're going to take for some of the other ones too, where maybe some of the women eventually just kind of like age out. Okay. Yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what happens with the new, like is it like legacy i don't remember what it is they no that's legacy that was, that's with the old cast members right? oh yeah this is just like a reboot the reboot yes yeah. yeah anyways but um so jamie what's coming up for you tell me fire away what do you have going on um i mean really i'm just like very focused on the planner i'm like on the progress over perfection planner um i i want to continue to like get that up and going and so that's probably like what I'm really work, focusing on and working on in the next couple months. And then um, a big goal for me is also to be more consistent with TikTok. I, I want to grow my following on there. It's just, it's, it's a lot of work. You making all this content, people are like, got to post three to five times a day. I'm like, who the hell has that much time to make all this content? And, you know, like I, I need to do quality content where I'm like giving advice. I'm like giving some kind of something to people that they're going to be intrigued to follow, not just like doing trending sounds. And it is really time consuming. So that's, that's my main goal. Yeah. Cause like doing like running content for the podcast and like, how do I keep doing this and like doing videos and I, I do occasional meme. Well, 99% or like 80% of the timeline of, on the Instagram feed of the show is memes of yeah. doing random shit. But I get what you're saying. Cause it, it's just hard. Like we have a life outside the podcast and just like, it's some people have dedicated 99% of their time to us. I'm like all, all ha my hats off to you, but I just, it's so hard. <laughs> and it's an interesting point too. I know one of my good friends, um, she has a podcast as well. And she was texting me a few weeks ago being like, you know, I'm investing, aka she's spending um, graphic designers and people like doing all of the like sound bites and, and doing taking the YouTube clips and all of that. And she's like, I just don't really know if I'm seeing a return from it. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I kind of I'll be honest, I don't really do a whole lot of that because I just don't think I'm going to see much from it either. And so I think you it's good to test stuff out, right? Like we were saying before, like test it out, try it for a month or two. And if you feel like you know, spending whatever you're spending on a designer or even your own time. If you're spending hours a week doing this, like you have to kind of say to yourself, what's the ROI here? What's the return of this investment? Um, am I really seeing conversion from it? Because if not, like you could just stick up memes <laughs> and, and pictures of things. And, you know, that's pretty much what I do. I don't do a whole like 
when I, when I record my podcast, um, I don't do video with my guests or anything like that. I know a lot of people do. I'm just like, I just don't really think it's going to move the needle for me. So I don't waste my time. All right. Smart period. You heard it here yeah. first folks. You heard it here first. <laughs> first. Um, what was I going to say? Oh my gosh. No. So I like to end majority of my interviews with a, like a wrap up, like question. What would your biggest piece of advice be for someone out there who wants to follow in your footsteps? Oh my gosh. Um, I would say, trust your gut. And that is something that I feel like I was good at it. And for a long time when I was younger, and then I started to question myself. And it's something I actually talk about with my grief counselor. Um, because, and, and that's not just with work, that's just with life in general, is just trusting your gut. You will always know intuitively if something is right or wrong for you. And I think like you have to learn to like listen to yourself um, and, and believe that when you have that feeling, whether it's positive or negative, that, you know, that you trust yourself enough to know. And that could be you go on a job interview and you just get the ick. I've accepted jobs after having that and they were always the wrong job. You know, I think I could have saved myself a lot of drama and trauma if I had just been like, you know, I really didn't like the person on the interview. So what makes me think that I want to work there? Like, that's You know, just trusting. And it's something that comes with time and with age. You just get better at it. But I think now, like, even when I get approached for things, um, for partnerships or stuff like that, like, I just, I say, no, I'm like, you know, this, this is money. This is thousands of dollars, a hundred, whatever it is, you know, it's like money in my bank account, but if it doesn't feel right, you, you shouldn't do it. I love that. I'm a, I need to grab some of your energy and take it with me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But plug your socials before you sign off. So my blog is honestlyjamie.com and I'm it's Jamie Stone, I-T-S-J-A-M-I-E Stone on Instagram and TikTok. And my podcast is a little too much and you can search it on any of the platforms. Um, and you can get my planner on my website too. Everything is linked. Oh, I'm obsessed. I love you so much. <laughs> thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you so much. And thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of Doing It Best with the Rest podcast. I love you guys so much and I'll catch you next Thursday.